0: Amen. You can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for being here uh, at LifePoint today. It's going to be a great day, and I'm glad that you're here, and I know that you're glad that you're here. Had a great day at Thrive yesterday. If you missed it, hey, you need to just come one Saturday when they're doing this open house. It's an, it's an incredibly joyful experience and you just need to come. You need to come help them set up when they do it on Fridays and come help them distribute this stuff. I wish you could have seen. Now, now you have to understand, almost all the stuff that we gave away yesterday was much of it stuff that you didn't want anymore. Truth? <laughs> stuff that, now, now listen, that some thrift stores that closed gave us. And at, we were supposed to open at 11, at 10.30 there was a line of people waiting to get in, to get stuff that you gave away. So I'm just going to tell you, it's a, an incredibly important, exciting ministry, and you need to come and be a part of it if you haven't yet. So God bless you for what you did, and for, you know, for uh, Tracy and for and, and Joy for leading that ministry up, it's, it's an awesome, awesome outreach to this community, and they We had we had now this is a testimony. Tracy told me this last uh, yesterday evening. After all was left, uh, after we were packing up, um, you may or may not understand this, but we give away pet care supplies, uh, dog food, and cat litter, and and whatever we can get to give away because sometimes the first member of the family to get neglected is the are the four legged ones, right? and, and, and a lady came through and said, the last time you guys did this event, you saved my dog's life. So, well, well, Dwayne, it's, it's it's a dog. But you know what? Come on, y'all. Isn't that, isn't that, an, important, isn't that an important ministry? So I'm glad that, w- that we as a church are involved in that. So, um, amen. It's going to be a great day. Father, in Jesus' name, would you cover this place with your glory. Uh, God, surround us with your presence. We know you're here among us. God, meet every need in this sanctuary. Do a work that only you can do. God, change somebody's life today. Change someone's season. God, somebody walked in discouraged and lonely. God, I want you to encourage them today by the power of your spirit. Somebody walked in today confused. God, I want you to order their steps today. And God, we just pray that you just have your way in Jesus' name.
1: We the people believe these truths. God is the creator of everything. Yes, everything. Earth and sky. What is below and what is beyond. All that we see moving. And even those things we don't see. God created it all. And we believe that God created humans. All of us. And we are all created equal in the sight of God. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was born of a virgin. We believe that he suffered under Pontius Pilate and was crucified, died, and was buried. But we believe that was not the end. We believe he rose again, and when he did, he ascended to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. We believe that all have sinned, and fall short of God's glory. And we believe that there is forgiveness for our sins through Jesus. We believe that he has called each of us to live a life worthy of his name. A life of sacrifice. What is this life? It's a life of love and truth and grace, a life that speaks by actions as much as words, a life that is marked by His life, and we believe that God is here with us now, because we are His church, and this is our creed.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here. Uh, We finish our Creed series today, and I just want to take a moment and let you know really my motive for this series. Um, When Don and I planted this church with, you know, just a handful of people um, in my my living room, what we really were wanting to do was to be... um, We want to be faithful to the Great Commission. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. And we wanted to build a church where people would fall in love with Jesus and then want to become more like him. Uh, Scripture calls that maturity. Now, there's no finished products in this room. We're all on a journey toward being more like Christ. Um, But i don't I'm I just going to speak for me. I want to be more like him tomorrow than I am today. Uh, I want to be more like him today than I was yesterday. and if that's your heart and that's your goal then 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 this kind of series here's what I hope it does. today we're going to try to <laughs> in in thirty minutes to unpack the gifts doctrine and work of the holy spirit if you're taking that class in seminary it's two semesters Um, so obviously we we're only going to be able to give you a a a bird's eye view of what we're going to talk about today here's my great goal i hope that you disagree with something i say today so much so that it causes you to go home and open your bible I, i hope that I challenge you today with something I'm going to say in such a way that you want to investigate what God's Word says for yourself. Um, I'd like to tell you that I'm a good enough teacher for you to come and listen to me for 35 minutes a week, and that's all you need. Um, That would be an inaccurate statement, because I'm not that good of a teacher. You need more than that. And that's what this series is really designed to do is to give you a hunger for what you believe in such a way that you open God's word. Because I, I, maybe you've noticed this. We've used a lot of scripture during this series. That's been quite intentional because I don't want to teach you what I believe because my mind tells me to believe it. I want to teach you and we want to teach you. We want to learn together what we believe because that's what the Bible says. That's the underlying motivation for everything we've taught in this series is here's what the Bible says. In other words, if you disagree with something I say today, here's what I'm going to do. Just read it for yourself. Um, and th- Now, listen, I'm not going to tell you that, I'm not, uh, that is, I'm not prone to inaccurate interpretation because I'm quite a frail human being. But I hope what, we ha- what happens today is we investigate the person and work of the Holy Spirit in such a way that you chase him yes. for yourself. Does that make sense? 2 yes. Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Isn't that that a powerful sentence? It corrects us when we're wrong, teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, uh, we need your anointing. We need your help. And God, I pray over the next few minutes, you unpack your word to us in such a way, God, that uh, we want to know more about who you are and the way you do things. Uh, We need you today in Jesus' name amen uh, i've been doing a little review each week uh, i'm not going to take the time to do that today because um, I told them in in the in the uh, prayer room this morning that we have a long way to go and a short time to get there. If you know what movie that came from, raise your hand. Oh, my people are in the room. The Apostles Creed says, "I believe in the Holy Spirit, I believe in the Holy Spirit and I will tell you what we teach and what we believe at LifePoint Community Church. We believe in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I have in my notes to, to give a brief uh, lesson on the Trinity. And that's kind of funny to say that you could do that. And let, let me let me tell you the way it was explained to me. And this makes sense to me. How can God be one and 3 all at the same time. How can God be one and 3 simultaneously? And the it's a children's church illustration and but it, it sticks in my head. Anybody seen a yo uh, an egg? There's three parts to that egg. There's the shell, the outer layer. There's the white and there's the yolk. If you take any of that away, then you no longer have an egg. There are three very separate distinct parts. But together they form one. You are a body, a mind, and a soul. And if you take any one of those things away, you're no longer who you are. Right? God is God the Father, God the Son, and what we'll talk about today, God the Holy Spirit. And we can't create a discussion about the Holy Spirit and not talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So here's what we're going to do in a very brief time. And again, I hope what all this does is whet your appetite to explore what the Bible says about spiritual gifts. Um, A lot of this is going to come from a series we did two years ago called Ghost Stories. It's online somewhere, and you can find that if you want. Um, So if you're taking notes, if you're taking notes, write this down. The Holy Spirit is a gift giver. The Holy Spirit is a gift giver. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 says this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. The same Spirit distributes them. So who determines who's gifted? The Holy Spirit. Are you getting that? So it doesn't matter how many times a, a, a preacher slobbers on you and hits you on the head and throws oil on you. It's the Holy Spirit that gives a gift. Are you with me? Okay. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. If you were to continue reading verses 7 through about 11, you're going to see nine different gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to briefly talk about them, and, and and I'm going to tell you where we stand at a church. I'm not going to try to convince you to believe like I believe. I'm just going to tell you where we stand as a church. If you want to investigate it further, that's completely up to you. Number one, the, the first three are, are wisdom and knowledge gifts. It's the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, and the gift of discernment. God really uses the gift of discernment in mamas. How many times As a teenager, you came in and mama just knew what you was up to That's a gift of discernment. My wife used to say, boys, Jesus knows what you're doing, and I talk to Jesus. Make that connection if you want to. The next three are power gifts, the gift of faith. The gift of healing, the working of miracles. How many believe that we still serve a God that works miracles? Anyone ever experienced one, by the way? Yes. The next three are supernatural utterance gifts. Gift of prophecy, the gifts of tongues, the gift of the interpretation of tongues. And here's where we stand on all nine of those gifts. All nine of those gifts. We believe. uh, and, And let me read another passage of Scripture before I... 1 Corinthians 1 verse 7 says, Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return. So that tells me we need those gifts until until Jesus comes back. Um, Here's where I stand. I believe that an accurate comprehensive study of the new testament concludes this the nine spiritual gifts of first corinthians 12 are to be in operation in the church until jesus christ comes and and if that makes you uncomfortable you know it used to i used to worry about that making people uncomfortable until i told you a a couple years ago we had two families leave the church in the same week one because we were too pentecostal one because we weren't pentecostal enough So we made a choice that, that week. We're just going to be life point. Is that, is everybody okay with that? We're just going to be, we're just going to be who God's called us to be as a church. And if God wants to turn the building upside down, then that's completely up to him. But let's, let me stop here. Do we really want to discount the supernatural? Do we really want to discount the idea that God is big enough to do something that you and I don't understand and see, here's what happens in the, in the arena of spiritual gifts. People want to discount them because they don't understand them. Right. Now, I, I'm going to make two people mad right now. I'm going to make my wife mad. I'm going to make Tracy Kimler mad. <laughs> because I've had this, this occasion over the last few weeks to teach them about the wonderful world of MacBook computers. And, and here is the reaction I got from both of them at first. Well, I, that doesn't make sense. Just because it doesn't make sense to you doesn't mean it's not the most incredible thing that's ever existed. Can I get an amen from the other Mac people in the house? Blank stares. Stare. Just because you don't understand it. Doesn't mean God's not working. Just because you don't understand how... And by by the way, do you want to serve a God that you can define... Do you want to serve a God that you can wrap up in a box? And that's what these spiritual gifts are about. It's a supernatural empowering of God in the lives of humanity and those that follow him. And can I tell you, if it's in this book, I want it in my life. And let me stop and give you a little disclaimer. There's a lot of stuff going on in the name of Pentecost that ain't in this book. And so I'll I'll say the reverse. If it's not in this book, you can have it. I've seen a lot of... Donna and I traveled for about five and a half years in a group, and we went to a lot of different churches. Can I tell you, I saw some stuff that I don't ever want to see again. Do we really want to discount the supernatural? I say no. But here's what happens. A lot of people are concerned that if I surrender to the Holy Spirit, God's going to make me do something weird. I saw this YouTube video. You need to stop watching YouTube. See, I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about what will happen to you if you genuinely surrender to the Holy Spirit. What will happen to you if you genuinely allow God to control your life through the power of His Spirit? And I'm going to just stop and tell you that it has much more to do with who you are outside this building than who you are inside this building. See, I grew up in a church, a wonderful church. But the emphasis was on the experience inside the church. And here's what I believe. I believe this with all my heart, that the Holy Spirit came to empower you to live this life outside this building. So what'll happen? You'll be changed more internally than externally. What'll happen? You'll be repentant. You didn't get that. Every time something comes into your life that is that wars against the spirit of God that lives inside of you, it'll break your heart. And you'll, you'll, wanna, you'll, want, you'll want to repent. You want to you want you want to Turn from that as quickly as you can. You want to rid your life of everything that doesn't look like Jesus. You'll forgive people. You'll forgive people before they ask you for it. You'll forgive people that don't deserve it. You'll serve somebody. You'll serve God's kingdom. You'll serve the church. You'll serve other people. You'll be a giver. You'll be generous. You'll decrease and Jesus will increase. You'll start looking at life through an eternal lens. You'll quit looking at these 60, 70, 80, 90 years that you have on this planet and look at your life through the field of eternity. That's what will happen when the Holy Spirit takes over your life. You'll become gospel-centric. You'll gain a heart for the lost. It'll make your heart hurt if you know somebody's lost without God and far from him. What'll happen if God takes over my life and controls me? You have a heart for the hurting. Well, what about me? What about my hurt? Why should I have a heart for other hurting people? You don't know what I had. You don't know the hell I walked through to walk in this building today, Dwayne. I wear this bracelet everywhere I go. I never take it off. In fact, this one I've only had for a little while because I broke mine and Ezekiel Weeder gave me another one. And it says, I am second. Mikey actually helped us start this little deal that we did in youth group three or four years ago. Maybe longer. I don't know. A long time ago. And here's what it means. It means that God and other people come first and I am second. And here's what I've learned since I've tried to adopt this in my own life is that the path to my own healing will typically come as I become a servant to God and other people. That's what the Holy Spirit will do in your life. Hmm. So what should I do? What should I do if I if I want God's Spirit to live in my heart in a greater way? What should I do if I want to be filled and overcome with His Spirit? Number one, listen, and, and I'm just going to tell you that... We don't teach this enough and we need to teach it more. If if you really want to be filled with God's spirit, you'll become a student of scripture. I want I'm going to tell you something. The most dangerous, one of the most dangerous things on the planet is somebody with a zeal for spiritual gifts that's ignorant of God's word. There's been a lot of damage caused in the church by people speaking words to somebody that, out of zeal rather than wisdom. There's been a lot of damage. I, I, I don't have time to tell you the story, but I'm going to tell you it anyway. We had this evangelist come through our church in Statesboro, and I, maybe he's listening to this podcast. I hope he is because he was wrong. There's this lady trying to have a baby. It was one of our youth leaders. She's trying to have a baby, and he laid his hands on her and said, When I come back here next year, you're going to be carrying a child. Well, guess what? That's been 10 years, and she still hasn't had a baby. And I had to look at her. When she looked across my desk crying, Dwayne, what have I done wrong? That man said I was going to have a baby. And I said, listen, darling, that man lied to you. He was wrong. If he was an Old Testament prophet, we'd have stoned him. Y'all, I can tell right now y'all don't like this. But I'm telling you that zeal without... A basis of Scripture is a dangerous, dangerous thing, and a lot of damage has been done. So if you really want to be filled with God's Spirit, read the book His Spirit wrote. Become a student of Scripture. Fall in love with the pages of God's Word. So what else should I do? When you feel a, a convicting of the Holy Spirit, well, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should do this. Respond to it. If you sp- feel the Holy Spirit convicting you about something you're watching on TV, something you ought to give, uh, something you should or should not say to a, another person, and you know that the Spirit of the Lord in your heart, respond to it. How many? Uh, let me just take a quick, Gallup poll. How many have ever? ignored god's voice and you knew it when you were doing it raise your hand hey let's do this how'd that work out for you i've never ignored god's voice and it and go man that was a good idea hey that was that was a wise thing to do was but how many have ever responded positively to god's voice and it was exactly the right thing to do absolutely okay point well taken You'll respond to Holy Spirit conviction. You'll become a servant. You'll fall in love with Christ, and you'll fall in love with His church. Yes. I don't have time to hang out there a long time, but I, I'm just, we, we're raising up a culture. We're raising up a culture. God help me. We're raising up a culture that wants to call optional what Jesus died for. Jesus created the church with His death. Yes. Jesus created the church with the, the giving of the Holy Spirit. And we now want to call that optional. Huh, this is as quiet as has ever been in this room. It's just the truth. I, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Church is important. It's vitally important. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'll be generous with my time, with my talents, with my treasure. If, if I want to be filled with God's Spirit, I'm going to do the things His Word tells me to do. So now, who are these spiritual gifts for? Who are, is it for pastors, worship leaders, and Sunday school teachers? No. No. Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39. Oh, good gracious. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. For the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what it says. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, to whom the Lord our God will call. I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit is for you. The Holy Spirit is for you. Well, who is he? What does he do? I'm going to give you seven things. I'm going to give them to you really, really quickly. If I kick this into overdrive, w- will you stay with me? Donna says sometimes that I go too fast, and I don't want to do that this morning, but I'm going I'm to go through these seven things really, really quickly, so I want you to stay with me. Number one, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit wasn't sent from God. He is God. First Corinthians second. Excuse me, 2 verses 10 and 11. These are things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit teaches us all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is God. It's important to realize that the Holy Spirit is not a gift from God. It, He is God. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is a person. Just as Jesus was God... And man, the Holy Spirit, is God, and he has a personality. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, this is John chapter 14, verse 26. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Teach and remind. You can't... The, The Holy Spirit has a personality. He has a work to do in your life and in mine. So he's God, he's a person. Number three we're going to spend just a minute here the holy spirit is relational do you not know that your bodies this is first corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 that your bodies are temples of the holy spirit i heard that passage preached and it was always preached as a deterrent to the evils of alcohol and tobacco and fried chicken and whatever else you put in your body and 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 that's not an inaccurate you, you know interpretation of that scripture but I I just look at it a little differently your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have received from God you are not your own how many know God is God and listen he could have made his house anywhere he wanted to he could have lived in anything he wanted to live in and he chose to live in you and me you know why? Because God's not some celestial being just off in heaven. Revelation teaches us now the tabernacle, now the dwelling of God is with men. You, you know, we, we always talk about this being the house of God, and I'm glad that it is. But really, the house of God Walked in the door when you did. God could have chosen to live anywhere and he, because he wants to relate to you, because he wants to lead and guide and direct you and talk to you and help you and empower you and gift you and give you what you need to live this life. The only way I can do that, God said, was to live in you. My house is your heart, if you'll let him. Francis Chan wrote, a, if this is interesting to you at all, you, know, you should read a book by Francis Chan called The Forgotten God. You, you need to read that book. Uh, and, and here's what he said in that book. Jesus suffered a grueling death so that I could have the amazing gift of the Holy Spirit. How dare I take this for granted? Mm. There's no other God. Now listen, imagine this. The creator of the universe wants to live in your heart. He wants to talk to you every day. He wants to speak to your heart. He wants to guide your steps. But how many know relationships go two ways? Here's a challenge, and if you haven't been coming on Wednesday night, you ought to do this. Tomorrow morning, before you talk to your wife, before you talk to your husband, before you fuss at your kids about getting ready for... Well, they don't have to go to school. Hallelujah. Before you, talk to, you any, talk to God, before you talk to anybody else tomorrow morning, talk to God. See if you don't have a different day. Number four, the Holy Spirit causes me to be reflective. Romans 8, 27. And he searches our hearts. See, we've been talking about this on Wednesday night, praying this prayer. God, search me. Searches our hearts. Knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good Of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestines to become, listen, conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. The Holy Spirit's activity in your life will always point you to Jesus. If there's something in your life that doesn't look like him, he'll let you know about it. Now, then the ball's in your court, right? Right. You, you, you can deal with it. See, we, this is something we say around here, and I'm glad we say it. We need to say it more often, that it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. That, that I, I want God to take me down a path. I want to be more like Him tomorrow than I am today. <laughs> One of the greatest fallacies that we're perpetrating on society is to seek spiritual gifts inside this building and then live like hell outside of it. I'm I'm not, hear my heart. Hear my heart today. Well, Dwayne, I can't live the life. You're right. But if you'll let the Holy Spirit live in you, he'll help you. He'll help you. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to fall. That doesn't mean you're not going to fail. That doesn't mean you're not going to struggle. But can I tell you that if if you'll allow him to lead and guide and direct and you'll respond to his convictions, things will happen differently in your life. You'll become more and more like Jesus. Number five, the Holy Spirit causes me to be effective. Acts 1 and 8, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I had a really sharp misunderstanding about the purpose of the Holy Spirit in my early Christian experience. I thought the purpose of the Holy Spirit was just about those gifts that we talked about earlier. It was about experiential gifts in an altar at a church. And I'm, and I'm not discounting those things, y'all. I'm really not. I know you think I am, but I'm not. What I'm trying to say is what the Holy Spirit's job is to... <laughs> Don and I used to travel, I told you, and, and we, would, we would oftentimes go out to lunch with people from the church after we would sing. And, and, and here's what I couldn't understand. People would experience some of these gifts in an altar and then beat their pastor up over a, a lunch table. And I'm going to tell you, that's not the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit came to do was to, wasn't so you could speak in tongues. It wasn't so you could prophesy. It wasn't so you could experience healing. It, it, all, all those things are great. What the Holy Spirit came to do was to make you a witness. So if we're louder inside this building than we are outside the, this building, then it's just a show. It's just an experience, and it doesn't mean anything. I'm feeling kind of lonely up here right now. I wonder how it looks to God. I wonder how it looks to God when we shout and sing his name in this building and we'll barely whisper it outside of it. just a question number six the holy spirit causes me to be irrational (laughs) and some of you husbands are like now it all makes sense i know why she is the way she is i'm just kidding ladies i'm just kidding jesus full of the holy spirit luke chapter 4 verses 1 and 2 full of the holy spirit left jordan and was led by who by who Led by the Spirit where? In the wilderness. Does that make sense? No. And because I genuinely believe this, I genuinely believe that at times the Holy Spirit may lead you down a path that doesn't make sense to you. He may lead you to give something you can't afford to give. He he, He may lead you to do something you don't have the talent to do. And because you've heard our story so many times, I asked Brian and Tanya three questions, and and because I wanted to hear their response to this kind of deal. The, the first question I asked them was, "How did you?" When and if you don't know, Brian and Tanya Duffy left our church last July, sold everything they had, and moved to Phoenix, Arizona, to start a homeless mission. They've been there almost a year. Can y'all believe it's been almost a year? And so I asked them three questions. First question I asked them was how did you know it was God? And here was their response.
2: Hey, Life Point. Morning, guys. Um, so we're going to start with the first of the three questions that we have from Pastor Dwayne. So the first one is, I'll read it, it's, um, how did you first realize that the Holy Spirit was asking you to do something, and how did you know it was a God thing? I'm
3: yeah, um, I'm, for us, in our situation, um, and I don't know, it's probably different for everybody, but... You know, it was, we were seeking him. We were, you know, opening ourselves up saying, what do you want us to do? We know we're here for a, a bigger purpose than what we're currently doing. You know, what is it there that you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? What are the steps that we need to take um, to fulfill your purpose for our life? Um, so that was the, the biggest part. I mean, the question is a, it's a hard question. You know, it we've is. been talking about this for a few hours today, but um, you know, it's, we, we prayed a lot about it. Obviously, we we you know dove into the word. We did a devotion together. Um, we sought counsel, you know, to make sure we weren't losing our minds and yeah. had bad tacos. But um, I'll let you add whatever you want to add.
2: Uh, you know, I I kept telling Brian this is like there's three questions, and this is probably the most uh, difficult for us to answer in such a short amount of time because there's such there's a three and a half year. Um, story to that, but I mean, you lined everything up perfectly. Had we not been in God's word seeking him daily, we wouldn't have heard the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't have known it was a God thing. Um, I mean, I think that the biggest point is I think we would have missed, um, missed it all. Had we not been in his word and just had that, and, and um, had that desire to, uh, do something different. And knew that he was pulling us to a different life and just to be open to it. So the main thing is, I don't know that we would have even heard the Holy Spirit and that tug um, had we not been in his word. So, right. yeah. But um, so, the, yeah, there you go.
0: Jeremiah says, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Um, I love what they said. They said, if we wouldn't have been listening we wouldn't have heard. And how many times did you hear him talk about we were in our scripture, we were in prayer, we sought wise counsel. The Holy Spirit's dying to talk to you, if you'd be willing to listen. I said, when when you recognized it was God, did it make sense? What he was asking you to do, did that make sense to you? Did it line up with your plans or, or what? did it seem a little bit irrational? And here's what they said.
2: Okay, so the second question is, did you feel like what God was asking you to do was rational? So, you want to answer that?
3: Yeah, no, not at all. It was actually insane and uh, still think it's a little bit crazy.
2: It is very crazy. Uh,
3: I mean, there's nothing rational about, you know, a family of four leaving everything that, that they've known, leaving their family, leaving their career, selling all their stuff and moving across the country to work with homeless people. I mean, that just doesn't make sense if you really think about it. Yeah.
2: You know? Yeah. Yeah, when you put it together like that, it (laughs) uh, makes you a little lightheaded. So, no, it it wasn't rational um, at all. Not at all. At the time. At the time. Yeah.
3: Yeah, But that's how the Holy Spirit
2: works. That's how it works. (laughs) Apparently. Okay.
0: Scripture teaches us that his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And and I did this whole deal to, to make this one point. What seems irrational to you is completely rational to God. That he knows the... Scripture says, I love this, he knows the end from the beginning. In other words, he knows how this whole deal ends out. And so... Those moments when you're trying to argue with God about something irrational he's asked you to do, I remember sitting in church and, and feeling like the Holy Spirit wanted me to give something. you know, And it was an amount of money that I didn't really have to give. And, and arguing with him. Anybody ever done that? Argue with God about... I, I had this little argument. Actually, not too long ago, I was parked at Crow's grocery store and I, I feel like I was supposed to go in and witness to the cashier and share my faith and invite them to church. And the the cashier was a, a big, uh, big dude, and he i would known him from he used to referee Matt's baseball games. And so uh, I'm like, I'm gonna go in and change this dude's life. And I'm arguing with God, and I'm like, I. I I just felt uncomfortable about doing it. I was like, God, I just don't know. And finally, when I knew that God wanted me to walk in, I'm like, man, this guy's fixing to get a big dose of Jesus juice right now. It's coming down. He's, his life is going, he's going to be in tears in front of the beer cooler because I'm sharing. And he, I walked in, and I sh- he's like, stop. I got to work Sunday. I got things to do. Told you. Now, now that seemed irrational, but can I tell you what I felt the Holy Spirit? Dwayne, I, I, I didn't, I didn't call you to change his life. I called you to change, to to plant a seed. And so I'm going to tell you, there's going to be times when God's going to tell you to do something, and it doesn't make sense. To you. you're you going to try to argue your way out of it. I've never won that argument. And any time I've just been disobedient and refused, it's always worked out badly for me. Yes. And so then I asked Brian and Tony this last question. I said, How does it look? Now, now that you've been there a year, does it make more sense? And here was their response.
3: So the last question follows up on the one before was, um, does it look rational? What didn't look ration, rational before, does it look rational now?
2: Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, if we're looking back on things, we see now the craziness that, that um, we walked through and all the irrationality of of everything going on at the time, those things had to happen to bring us to the point in time where we are now. So um, we didn't know all the steps at the time either though. So it was, you know, one little step here and then you, you know, you seek God and you wait for him and you do what you know you're supposed to do at the moment. And then you get a little bit more information. So we didn't have this beautiful map. I would have preferred that, but we didn't have this beautiful map laid out before us. So, but looking back, I'm so thankful that we followed followed him and followed his, um, his prompting on our hearts because, right. yeah, it totally makes sense now. And it still looks crazy, but it totally well, makes no. sense now. Definitely. Yeah. I agree. So, huh.
0: It still looks crazy, but it totally makes sense. Amen. Donna, come. Stand to your feet. One of the names of the Holy Spirit is the Comforter. I put this out on twitter or instagram something yesterday i said that it may be hard for the comforter operate in some of your lives or my life because we're already so comfortable and so what i'm going to ask you to do today is give the comforter room to get you out of your comfort zone see the last the last number seven is this that the holy spirit is a guide John chapter 16, Jesus is getting ready to leave the earth. And he says, I have, I've, I've got more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Before we pray, I'm, I'm going to show you, you probably can't see it. But yesterday, I was cooking breakfast. I make the world's best chocolate chip pancakes, if you're curious. And I had some grease splatter up on my hand and it, it didn't feel good and then instantly within just a few minutes I had, I had these two blisters appear and the Lord spoke to me when those blisters popped up here's what he said why are they there? why are those blisters there? And I said, well, because there's injured skin and that pocket of water is going to protect that skin until it has an opportunity to heal. Like I'm telling God why he created the blister. And he said, how does your body know to do that? That's how I created you. And here's what I I feel like he told me to tell you today. If he knows you intimately enough to know that your body needs a blister to cover its damaged skin, how well does he know you to lead you and guide you and direct you through the craziness of this life. If he cares enough about you to blister your skin, to protect a little, a quarter inch square of damaged skin, how much does he care about you to lead you and guide you and direct you into this crazy world that we live in? That's why he's here. He's here to walk with you and talk with you, relate to you, empower you, and give you the strength you need to live this life to look more like Jesus tomorrow than you do today that's why the Holy Spirit came here's my prayer is that you give Him room to operate in your life that's going to look differently for different people but you give the Holy Spirit room to operate in your life that you surrender to Him you submit your life to Him and you let Him lead and guide and direct you and when all is said and done here's what I know If you listen to him, Jesus said, he'll lead you to the path of truth. He'll lead you down the right path. Bow your heads with me. Hey, I I know I've kept you a little longer than normal today. I just, I want to pray this prayer. How many of you would say with me, I want the Holy Spirit to lead and guide and direct my life? If that's your prayer, raise your hand. I want the Holy Spirit to lead and guide and direct my life. Can we pray to that end? Father, in Jesus' name, lead. Father, we would ask you that in the name of your son Jesus and through the power of your spirit that dwells within us, that you help us. God, that you take away anything in our life that doesn't look like you. That you walk with us and lead us down the path. Lead us. To what Jesus said, into all truth. And God, if there's one here that doesn't know you, God, I pray that right now they would surrender to you and ask for forgiveness and full pardon of sin. God, thank you for conviction. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that helps us to push away what is wrong and cling to what is right. We love you, Jesus, and we worship you in this place. God, Meet every need in Jesus' name.